You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. It's midnight somewhere. friends this is it's midnight somewhere with your pal mistress mccutcheon who is sitting at her desk with blankie and actually no pants i'm accompanied by my partner in crime and brother from another mother the wasteland who wears pants almost only when you see him in public <laughs> quite literally <laughs> it's hey it's your apartment you're you're crypt i'm a cryptid i i think i've gone full cryptid my girlfriend got me out in the sun for the first time in like a year and a half. I think you I didn't sparkled. didn't burst into flame? I, no, I didn't burst into flame, but I, I didn't sparkle either. So I don't know what's going on. I'm not really a vampire. <laughs> I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it's been a while since we've done this. And uh, because of reasons, because... Uh, we're not dead. We're not dead. No, we're still here. But the reasons we haven't been uh, releasing new episodes of the podcast have been because somebody took a second job over the winter and uh, thinking it was a good idea because winter is horribly depressing and it's not like I'd be getting out much anyway. So I thought, hey, why not teach? So I set myself up for some very long evenings every week. Uh, teaching a, uh, a UI UX boot camp. And while I loved it and it was fun, it was also exhausting. And I miss talking about music. And and I just got to say, if you had to cut a podcast or a partner, well, you live with your partner. And I understood, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I'm the expendable one. And that's fine. <laughs> Folks, we're actually both laughing. I'm just, I laugh loudly, so I'm, I'm like turning away from my mic. <laughs> well, we don't want it to clip because then that's more work for our, our producer, the very lovely and talented Justin Minister. The aforementioned who, uh, partner. Yes. So what we're going to be talking about today, besides just getting restarted with It's Midnight Somewhere, is we have some new albums to talk about. Because it's been about four months and there's uh, there's been like one or two releases. Just a little bit, you know. Just a little bit, just a couple. It's not like we miss major tours or any of that shit to talk about, uh, but there's been a couple of releases. Uh... Well, everybody's freaking touring this year, which doesn't make anything easier. Can I say I saw uh, just a little while ago a meme of uh, when you hear the Susie, Susie and the Banshees, The Cure, and whoever the uh, the sisters of mercy and whoever the fuck are touring and it's a picture of bella lugosi and like dracula like looking all like seductive and then the next picture is when you hear the ticket prices and he's like <laughs> under his cloak <laughs> valid well oh, depeche mode was on there too yeah 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 the depeche mode tickets are really expensive Susie, there have only been a couple of like west coast dates and dates in the uk uh, the Sisters of Mercy tickets were really expensive, but also I wouldn't recommend going to see the Sisters of Mercy because it's a horrible show. It's I like understand. Getting trolled live. Yeah, I, I understand if you've never seen them before and you want that experience. I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking down or 
or mocking you, but I have seen the Sisters of Mercy twice, and they do not put on a good show. The first time I saw them was great. Uh, was back at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia with Switchblade Symphony opening. It was a great show. It was the first time they played in the U.S. in like a gajillion years. So it was a good time. But then I saw them at the Roseland, and I can't really say I saw them because there was a wall of fog and the sound was garbage. So it just ended up becoming social hour at the Roseland and catching up with a bunch of folks I hadn't seen in a while, which was super fun. But, you know, you don't want to spend your shekels on a band that you're not going to actually get to see or hear. There are too many shows coming through to spend your shekels on subpar shows. Absolutely. You got to pick and choose. Yep. And I, I had think three chosen... shows to choose from in three nights this week. And <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went on, I went to the first one and I was glad I did because it was Suicide Commando and I'm not, okay, I shit on aggro a lot, but there was a time where that's what a lot of what I listened to was, but I grew out of it, you know, and that's kind of why I shit on it because I'm making fun of myself in like a, a way. But I went to see Suicide Commander, and I'm glad I did, because he announced, like, the day after I bought tickets, he's not touring North America ever again. So if he's coming through your town, and you ever liked him, and he hasn't played there before, maybe go. Because he's actually a pretty good show. Nice. And yeah, I actually saw that announcement, because he was saying with the cost of flights and visas and all the stuff that's involved, it's making it prohibitively harder for smaller acts to perform. Because, uh, again, Suicide Commando is a pretty notable agrotech band. But in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're small. Grandpappy uh, agrotech, really. Like, like yeah. agrotech that starts agrotech. And to that, ef- that effect, uh, Aesthetic Perfection, who I saw a couple of times on the last tour. I saw them in Toronto, and then I saw them down in New Jersey. Uh, just announced that their current headlining tour they're doing in Europe is their last headlining tour. They will do festivals oh, wow. only from out here on out. And that's like, you know, that is a band that draws and has been a headlining act. So people, support your local acts, especially if they're from North America. Because I, I if it's getting that expensive that nobody's going to come over, we got to nurture our own scene. If you're on this side of the pond, if you're in Canada, if you're in the States, if I mean, like anywhere in North America, because South America has its own scene and you could tour South America a lot cheaper from what I hear. So just support the shit out of anything you like. Don't skip. You got to get up early for work. Fucking bite the bullet. Um, You know, I'm in my 40s. I bite the bullet. You can do it, too. I believe in you. Just don't drink, you dumb shit. If you got to get up early the next morning, not like I listen to myself. Uh Yeah. Well, also, you don't want to miss out because this is where the whole Prince thing comes into play because we both went, oh, we'll just see him next time. And then he was gone. Two weeks later. And it was like, God damn it. Two weeks. Yeah. Not even a month. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really frustrating because, I mean, out of all the bands and musical acts that I've seen... I regret not seeing Coil, and I regret not seeing Prince. And you don't want to miss out on stuff because as as these bands get older, if you're really into them that and and you can afford to go, you should. You totally should. We will give you permission. We we encourage and enable and endorse this action. With I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it's better to skip the legacy band 
unless you've never seen them and you're dying to see them. But it's better to skip them and go see the smaller band because the smaller band may never come back. Those legacy bands, they have such a following that, you know, Susie Sue came out of, what, a 30-year retirement? ish uh because you know money there's no there's no retirement plan in music so money talks at a certain point they gotta they gotta they gotta you know that's what they're gonna do yeah well that i mean Susie hasn't come out with any new material in like 15 years and if you've heard the solo album manta ray it hate to say it it's lukewarm at best i know it's Susie sue but the last two banshees albums were terrible rapture and uh superstition horrible albums they're just not good and yeah and i mean and manta ray was okay but it wasn't really it, it, it wasn't all that so it's kind of like yeah sure if you've never seen Susie sue uh it's Susie sue it's I not hope. the banshees but if you've never seen go it's i i think it's worth to you know make your own opinion go go see on the other hand i mean i've seen the cure three times and i got tickets for this round because i fucking love the cure they're all my all-time favorite and i got lawn seats and uh and tickets were actually really reasonable and they're still great live and they're they'll play for three hours yeah i've only seen the cure once but i won tickets to that show um nice it was but it was riot fest i won tickets to riot fest and then uh I had friends come up from Connecticut, and I it was like just me and my partner at the time. She really just wanted to see The Cure. There was a bunch of bands I wanted to see during the day, but it didn't work out. Like, like we didn't want to stand in a field all day and pay $8 for a bottle of water. So we're like, you know what? We'll just go for The Cure. And then our friends came up that thought they were guest listed and then found out they weren't. So we gave them our passes during the day, and we just – we were allowed to – come and go as we needed so i just they just left two hours before the cure and we showed up and just collected new wristbands and went in saw the cure and went home and then they went back on sunday that's not bad yeah it worked out it worked out like i i didn't sell them anything I, you know they even crashed in our basement like they were they were legit friends coming up that thought they had guest spots and then found out they didn't because there were no guest spots at ride fest right okay but Overall, the the TLDR of this of this massive ramble that we're having is we're here to talk about new music. Yes, but if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in going seeing a legacy band, go see them if you haven't seen them before. Uh, make your own opinion. Get to experience it for yourself. That's great. Otherwise, you should really consider supporting local. Uh, and support who you can when they come through. The smaller bands need your support. They're not. They're not making any money coming through. They're making very little. And uh, if you want to support the scene and support what's coming through, then uh, put your money where your mouth is and go support those smaller shows. And the local love is appreciated. As a pivot, you have a local artist on your new release picks. So this is our perfect segue to talk about something local. Uh, a little love and uh, local melancholy comes to us in the form of Theo Vandenhoff. The album is called Heartache is an Empty Room, which came out in April of 2021. And this is synth pop tinged in post-punk from a local m- musician raised on 70s and 80s music. This was my favorite album of the picks that came from you for this episode. What I really got out of this was this is like your classic synth pop sounds, you know, anywhere between Gary Newman to Depeche Mode. Um, The vocals were a little uh, 
that is the one area I think as a solo artist, like if there's any feedback you can get or working with a producer you could benefit from, I think for Theo, that is maybe it. The rest of it is 10 out of 10. Like for me, it sounds like, and and I think we all know this, like in the mid 90s, every goth male singer had the same voice and it's kind of the same voice that Eskil uses for Covenant. And... Mm-hmm. uh doesn't do it for me but everything else was 10 out of 10 so like i would totally like love to see this artist develop and grow into their own and become more right on yeah this is definitely someone to keep an eye on he opened for pink turns blue when they came through last year and the latest single on Bandcamp is called alice is besser it's fantastic just do yourself a favor and go follow on Bandcamp. Have a listen. If we were to pick a track, which one should we be playing here? I really dug what's in the name. Okay. like to talk about next 
Um, I think the natural follow-up to that, like sonically, would be Hollows. Ooh. Yeah. So All That Is True came out in June of 2021. And this is a lovely dark wave album from a duo who mostly wrote this during the times of unrest in Seattle and the rest of the world. All That Is True carries those themes really through the album. And I really like the switch between the male and the female vocals. But this album feels a little uneven to me. Because the album just flows really well. The lyrics are really potent. And then we get to Her Thirst, which is the ninth track. And this is where the flow gets interrupted and doesn't work for me. And I think there's, I don't know, I think it's the the dissonant notes since the second chunk of the song that just kind of turn me off and don't work for me. And then after that, this instance makes us forget, just feels like it's been underwritten. And the last song on the album doesn't feel like it needs to be there. The call ravenous is a remix that doesn't really add anything. I I'll agree with that. Like I feel like when you're releasing an album, you want to do an album, and I I think yeah they did a vinyl pressing, so you want to get the most out of it. So I feel like some of the songs were maybe a little um, older, maybe older material. Like it shows the the growth in reverse, if you will, of the okay. band. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it is It is an uneven listen. You get through the first eight, you're like, this is a fucking banger, 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 what? Huh? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would still recommend checking this album out and putting that on your band camp list. But yeah, that's, again, that's just where I went with this and went, mm, feels a little uneven. Yeah. So in regards to supporting, you know, North American acts that might come through, they are currently based out of L.A. Um, So this is somebody that's probably going to visit somewhere near you in some point in the near future. So if you like the album uh, for U.S. nine dollars on Bandcamp, you can get a digital for a solid eight tracks and three tracks um, that you should make your own judgment on. Don't listen to us. You know, we're only giving our opinions. We're not experts <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's definitely worth a listen um i i picked this one because i really think we need to heal hear more female voices in the genre like on a whole and that has been on the up and up and the fact that they go back and forth works very well for me so some people like eh, i can't get into female singers it's like first of all get over yourself second of all you know half the album's still for you yeah, I mean, female fronted is not a genre. And yeah, I think folks need to kind of be more aware of who's involved in music and that there is a lot out there to choose from. Uh, and it's not just, you know, there there's really great dark wave and post-punk and synth pop that has a, a pretty diverse range of, of folks involved. So yeah. Uh, but the, the mix of the male and female vocals here are very nice. Uh, the track that I would suggest to drop in here is Defeated.
in my head at all. All right. So next up, let's talk about the brand new release from Delirium, which is called Signs. This was released in March, and it's been seven years since their last release. Uh, Signs is dedicated to Bill Heckman, who's the founder of Metropolis Records, who passed away unexpectedly in July at the age of 68. This is a lovely album, but I have to say Signs is not going into any new territory for Delirium. For me, they are. it's the same thing from Delirium that we've gotten a few times, as you kind of just alluded to, but like... More so, um, I feel like Delirium had a mega hit with Sarah McLaughlin and has been trying to recapture that for 25 years. They have been trying to use that same formula, bringing in female vocalists to sing over their tracks and trying to hit that right magic lightning in a bottle. They're trying to capture it for a second time. Now, that said, the album is not a write-off. The track with Kanga stands out above the rest. And I think from that is the fact that uh, she received the song um, with the lyrics that were written, I or, or she wrote them, I'm not even sure, but she got it shortly after her uncle passed away. So there's uh, an emotion in that that can't be faked. So mm. I think that adds something to the lyrics past just you know, I'm singing this song, which, you know, Sarah McLaughlin, whatever you think of her, is a talented vocalist on the likes that very few have been able to hit, especially in, in our our scenes. So the fact that, you know, I'm pulling this track out and being like, this one stands out, maybe it's not on that level, but it's, it's worth checking out. It, it should mean, I don't know, it means something to me. Yeah, no, I am prone to agree that the Kanga track in the deep is the strongest song on the bunch. I prefer semantic spaces or even the much darker album from Delirium called Morpheus. Uh, it feels like this album. Yeah, you've put it perfectly there. It's almost like they were trying to capture lightning in a bottle again. It feels like they're trying to be a little bit more commercial, maybe more mainstream friendly with this album. Not a bad album, but not my favorite Delirium album, but In the Deep has a wonderful video and is definitely our pick on the album. So let's give that a listen here. You've been away so long, I'm all empty and Part of the plan for you to go and leave me 
Let's talk about the latest Kareen album, Tear. This was released in February of this year. What did you think? All right. I like Corinne. Um, Corinne, Corinne, however you say it. I'm bad with pronunciations. I like it. Um, it's solid. I read your notes. I see what you're saying, and I'll let you say that yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I feel like is they have a formula that works for them. I think this is their second or third full length, so they're still a young band, um, and they seem to be finding themselves as they find their sound and their music. Um, there's certain tracks on this I just fell in love with, and there's certain tracks on this that I couldn't even tell you if I listened to them. And I know I listened to the whole album like two or three times. It's just, it's, you know, 
it, it hits that kind of vibe for me where I could just kind of melt into the music and like forget that it's the songs are changing at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. My notes say lovely synth pop album from Philly, but upon listening, it's very samey samey. So there isn't a stinker in the bunch as far as the album goes. It flows beautifully. But after listening to this album three times or so, I cannot distinguish one song from the other. It It is a formula. It's very samey samey, which is disappointing because uh, my introduction to Corrine was the, with the track Sunshine, which I really liked. Uh, and I thought, oh, great, you know, full album. But yeah, it's just it's very samey samey kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it, I would probably skip over this album uh, on Bandcamp, I hate to say. But um, but I mean, maybe there's something in here that you can pull for a single that you'd want to play. But otherwise, like you heard one song, it feels like you've heard them all. All right. I mean, what was it? Burn the World was like the lead single off of this. And that was around for months before this album came out. And I feel like the album... I think they waited for the vinyl to come out before they released a digital. And I feel like that, that might've been a mistake or, you know, and maybe they perform better live. Cause we did hear about them first from Derek, I believe mentioned them to you from cold waves, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, maybe it's not a total pass. Maybe there's more going on live. Maybe go check them out. If you're from Philly and you think we're totally fucking wrong, drop us an email and it's midnight somewhere podcast at gmail.com and correct us. Absolutely. Like that plug. All yeah. Right. They are right. touring the U.S. right now. So, yeah, I mean, if you. I'd still go see them, honestly. I know they're coming up here in June or so. I'd go see them. Yeah, fair, fair. I'd they're playing Ulana's. They're playing Yolanda's in in, uh, in Philly, which I haven't been there in a long, long time. But uh, I was like, okay. Right. So well, yeah, actually, let's let's do Burn the World.
So next up, let's talk about Conjuring Feral Angels, which is the album that came out this month from Cult Strange. This expands upon their EP, Rites of Passage, and is a death rock, dark punk tinged kind of album with flavors of the occult and politics. It's very angry and very danceable. Yeah, and they they come across with this real death rock like speed and sound, especially in like the depth of the bass, I would say, or the, at least the way it's recorded. And mm-hmm. I say depth, and maybe that's not the right word. I'm not a musician, whatever. Um, but what I then then the vocals kick in, and I hear like I hear more goth influences there, and I feel like this comes from that that miasma before there were such defined things as goth rock and death rock, you know, like that, that same soup, that primordial soup that Christian death would have come out of. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there was a time when everything was called death rock and then I heard the word goth and then people get very particular about what they call genres. And and I get it because words mean things and you want to be able to identify something properly, but then people get a little too precious about stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think this is an excellent album. This comes to us from Aleph, who is the drummer from Alter de Fe. Uh, this is his project called Strange, and it's a it's a good album. I it, It's available through... Uh, Return to the Batcave Productions if you want to buy a CD, and uh, it's also available on Bandcamp. So what would you play off of this if you had a pick? The track I'd like to feature here would be Torn Desire. Inside my eyes, you built All whore, nothing you built To be yours at my heart i 
resolution has decided we will cease to be the new EP from Morris Black called Burial and Void. So what'd you think? I know this is outside your wheelhouse, like Death Rock is kind of outside mine. Yeah, I mean, there's a blend of influences here from EDM to tinges of drum and bass and dubstep, which I'm just really soured on dubstep because in the 2000s, every like alternative belly dancer was incorporating dubstep into their into their act and I'm really over it. It's dated. It's over. Can we just move on? It's a drum fueled or, or electronic drum fueled genre. So that makes sense. I mean, there's a, there's a tinge of that in there on the, the coffin tracks, coffin, coffin. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this was, this is not something I'd normally listen to. Uh, This album came out in February and features a collaborating artist on every song. Uh, I have to say, I I did enjoy the track with Gen Cab and with Syzygix, but the rest of it, I'm like, no, this is not for me. Honestly, I picked this for the track with Gen Cab because I feel like I totally missed that album last year and I am 110% on their bandwagon right now. Right on. As I'm wearing a Gen Cab shirt as we record. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to pull this out of the pile. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, if, if we're going to feature a track, I would really like to feature the abstract with Jen Cab.
a bonus pick producers pick so justin came to us and said all right you're talking about albums i have one to throw into the the mix here and i said okay and jay said do we have a choice and justin said no i'm the fucking producer so and i said okay (laughs) for the record i was like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) like he's not gonna cut it so let's just do it yeah but so as we're reviewing albums and, and sharing, listening to these things, Justin's pick comes to us from a band called A Culture of Killing, and the album is called Dissipation of Clouds the Barrier. This came out in January of this year, and this is an Italian band that's influenced by but not derivative of 80s post-punk and anarcho-punk, and it's got dueling male and female vocals. What did you think? Okay. Justin's going to hate me. Um, I heard a lot of psychedelia going on in there and a lot of yelling and didn't didn't okay look as a person who used to listen to aggro and hardcore and a lot of bands with a lot of a lot of yelling at least that was fast but when you're doing like these sparse psychedelic guitars and just kind of yelling into the void it doesn't do it for me and maybe that's not what it was but that's what i heard and it's it's not for me i feel like Interesting. Okay. I, I feel like there's a lot of this that defies labels because, I mean, they're, even the tracks with a tinge of reggae in them, I feel like this feels like an awesome album that got unearthed from the early 80s and it sounds really current at the same time. Which is fair, but you also know how I feel about reggae. Fair. Also not for me. Um, and maybe that was part of it. And, and you know, maybe those those reggae elements just kind of like distanced me from it further. Like as I was listening to it, I was just kind of like waiting for each track to end because that would bring me closer to the culmination of the album. And I feel like that's an unfair review because I don't feel like I'm the type of person with with my ear that is 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 targeted by this, if that makes sense. Mm. Well, because there's there's so much early 80s goth 
you know, Batcave era stuff that was definitely influenced by reggae. And are you the person that would listen to a Bad Brains album and you just like skip the reggae tracks? Yep. I was there for the hardcore shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) When they did reggae, I would be like, I got to go get a drink. I got to go take a leak. I'm going to go outside and act like I smoke. (laughs) Ah, boo. I'm sorry. It's, you know, I get the importance of it. I see the significance of it. It's just, I've never gotten into it. Never could. I don't know what it is. Okay. Yeah, no, I I do like reggae because it feels like summer when I hear it, and I just enjoy it. And fucking bad brains, man. It's Look, it's I, like the perfect blend of hardcore and reggae and all the elements that just works. But we're sure, side journeying sure. here, doing an ADHD thing. So let's come back. But you also didn't grow up in like suburban Long Island where reggae was just like the worst. Made by white people. Yeah. Yeah, made by white people or just like the same three songs over and over and they all sounded like the same goddamn song. And I was just like, or, or worse, it was the, the, the fucking dance hall, like boom, 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 over and over. And I was just like, no, no. And anything that people like, if I hear that sound, I just start to tune out. And that's me and my damage that it should not be reflective of this album. So if you're going to pick something, <laughs> what would you pick for other people to make up their own minds? The track that I would drop in here is the one that got me started on this album, and it's actually in the middle of the album. It's called Movements, Two Hearts.
I think this might be the time now to wrap it up. So give us all the things. So, as I said before, you can always reach out and contact us at it's midnight somewhere podcast at gmail.com, especially if you think we got something wrong. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook at it's midnight somewhere podcast. We also have buttons and stickers, and we are doing a last call on our prophecy shirts. If you're not aware, we also do a stream on Twitch called prophecy underscore online every friday night at 10 p.m eastern one of us will be there or sometimes when you're lucky and good boys and girls both of us will be there stickers and buttons are available at morbidoutlook.com slash button or slash sticker depending on what it is that you're looking for and we will be back on a regular schedule now that life is a little less lifey to talk about music and the stuff that we love i mean my life was always a little less lifey I didn't have a second job. Having a second job is not something to be envious of. No, that's Having why I live a second in a hole. job just means I'm a freaking masochist. That's why I live in a hole. Anyway, uh, thank you to Robin Bright for our theme music. Thank you to Marion Green for our artwork. And thank you to Mr. Justin Minister for an album that he's probably flipping me off for that review. But we love you anyway, Justin. Thank you for not showing us your ass this time as a method of love. Thank God that's a wall behind you, Laura. podcast was almost called this is all bullshit